This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. This song's about a dusty road to pick up and some dreams. But everything about this tune ain't nothing what it seems. My voice is highly processed. The auto-tune is a show. Yeah, my country twang is a load of bull. I was raised in Buffalo. These beats come from a drum machine. The horns are synthesized. The songwriters from Hollywood. The lyrics plagiarize. Don't know much about the farm life. Never lived in the country. I learned to pick a six-string cause my rap career was What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that, too. Oh, yeah. All really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. This week's special edition of Headlock Talk. It's not really, it's not really special, but it's it's Headlock Talk. So, you know, we're gonna talk about Adam Cole. Mm. We're gonna talk about. Uh, is that is that somebody walking through my front yard? Hey, hey, get, get off my yard! you a thing or two about walking on my yard yeah that was weird i don't yeah. know what that guy's problem was yeah get off my yard 
the hell? Uh, welcome, everybody, back to a, ugh, another episode of a Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Well, howdy, Tanner. Howdy, Stephen. How's it going today, man? <laughs> it's going good. It's going good. Good, Yeah, good. I got to watch you beat some guys, beat some random guy's ass <laughs> outside your front <laughs> lawn. Oh, my God. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Good times, great memories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had, uh, really, good times, great memories had by all here on except, Headlock except Talk. Except that that guy except for that guy Mm -hmm. you know that guy over there Mm -hmm. uh indeed (laughs) (laughs) um yes i am of course the texas gentleman tanner prude and uh yeah you are the one the only mr steven grudy how is how's it going steven it's going good man yeah Yeah, doing all right yeah all right good good how are you doing oh you know just flexing yeah flexing yeah Yeah, i gotta 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 cool off here Mm -hmm. you know the jack gentleman jack gentleman yeah naturally Well, we've got a lot of stuff here for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of news. We've got your listener hot takes, and of course, if wishes were fishes. Of course. Uh, so well, we definitely need to take a, a deep dive down here today, and let's let's start it off with some uh, some news coming out of uh, uh, I guess uh, Pat McAfee's show. <laughs> In- yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the the viral video scene around the world. Um, Pat McAfee had Adam Cole on his show uh, recently, and um, yeah, it didn't go as Pat McAfee planned, it seems. No? Or, or, or maybe it did. Or maybe it did. Mm. Uh, as reported by Forbes.com, Adam Cole was uh, a trending topic uh, after a heated interview with WWE media personality uh, and former Indianapolis Colts punter, Pat McAfee, mm. uh, who had Cole as a guest on his show. Um, Pat McAfee criticized Cole for his size at one point in the interview, um, and uh, things started to go left after the host suggested Cole's success was due to Cole surrounding himself with people, quote, more talented Mm. than himself. Uh, From there, Cole issued a suspiciously salty response that could have been uh, doubled as a promo on NXT. Right. Um, he says, quote, I, I know that you're trying to do your job, and that's fine. I took some time out of visiting uh, family, uh, visiting my family to do your show, but you're being a total bloop right now, and, <laughs> said Cole to McAfee. Um, yeah. I find it so ironic that of all the people to say I surround myself with really great talent, and that's why I succeeded, of all people, you? What a punter. Uh, what? Not a, what a punter. What? A punter? A punter? Yeah. <laughs> Inflection. It Infle- matters. Yeah, it does matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you being on a team that literally did everything, you just having to kick a ball every now and then, and all of a sudden you feel like you're really important. Of all the people who say that to me, that I surround myself with super talented people, and that's the only reason why I was successful. You're a psycho. Mm. Uh, Cole continued to swear at uh, Pat McAfee, even shoved one of the producers on mm-hmm. the show. Um, Steven, I really, I mean, first off, obvious question here. Is this a, is this a work or a shoot here by good old Adam Cole? Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be a work. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be, right? You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I mean. I think so. I, I mean, Pat's had, you know, run-ins with WWE before and, and so like. Well, Pat works for the company. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it has to be a work. A hundred percent. And if it's not a work, man, I hope Adam Cole's okay. Because <laughs> he he kind of lost his 
Yeah. Lost his marbles there for a second. Well, it's been a it's been a tough uh, tough stretch here for Adam Cole. He had just lost his title. It's true. You know he's he's not been on NXT for a minute. Yeah, and then Pat McAfee's coming out and you know talking all sorts of nonsense about him. Yeah, yeah I could I could see why uh, Adam Cole would be maybe uh, have his his feathers a little bit ruffled here. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. But but that's just that's just more evidence and more credence to to the idea that that it is a work really. Yeah, I think so. I I, I mean, a hundred percent, it's a work. Adam Cole is in fact one of the hardest working men in in the biz. This is true. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's totally in character, and he pulls it off very very well. More of this, please, actually, because yeah, um, you know, it 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 definitely helps blur that line. If you got people talking about, hey, is this a shoot or what is this? Then you're definitely getting people talking, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and there's like a bunch of, I mean, this is all over the place. But if you look on Twitter specifically, there's there's a bunch of threads of like wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans, you know, getting together and and debating on whether this is real, whether it's not, what it means. Is Adam Cole act? Does he actually hate Pat? Like, what is it? And like from from the 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 inside out as a wrestling fan, it, it's like, yeah, this is very clearly a work. At least in my opinion, um, but but to get these long threads and, and to have Adam Cole trending on Twitter and, and Adam Cole is being talked about with not just wrestling fans but but Pat McAfee fans or, or Colts fans or, or whatever it may be, uh, I, I mean that that's a good thing no matter what. Yes, know? it it is a good thing, um, and and let's hope that this good thing keeps on happening for Adam Cole. Uh, his future is, is still not super duper clear. He could still be on NXT. He could go to the main roster. Who knows mm-hmm. uh, what the future is for Adam Cole. I mean, do you see him going to the main roster now that he's not NXT champion? I mean, does that free things up for him? I mean, it definitely frees things up for him for sure. Um, I, I don't really know what he would do necessarily in the main roster, but uh. also at the same time, what does he really have to do in NXT right now? You know, yeah, and there, there's certainly storylines that could be built and that could be put together for Adam Cole. I mean, he he can work in whatever whatever scenario they put him in. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, that being said, though, I mean, I don't really know specifically what he would do on main roster or NXT, but at the same time, mm. I'd want him to stay on NXT just because I, I know he would get uh, soured on, mm. on the main roster. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely get that for sure, man. I definitely get that for sure. And who knows? I, I would hope that the Undisputed Era does find great success, whether it be still in NXT or on the main roster. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I do think if Adam Cole goes to the main roster, then Undisputed Era would have to go to the main roster. Uh, mm. I don't trust them to do Adam Cole as a singles competitor correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. just me, though. Um, we did have New Japan's Sengoku Lord show mm. uh, this weekend, uh, which was uh, headlined by Hiromu Takahashi facing off with Evil. Uh, Evil uh, did retain the double belts here in a, uh, I would say, a fairly good 30-minute-plus um, uh, classic. Mm. Um, you know, it was it's it's not uh, it's not Kenny versus Okada, obviously. You know, I, th- I think this is maybe one of the um, uh, it was a little bit slow in the opening twenty or twenty minutes or so, but uh, towards the the last third of the match, I think it really picked up some good steam. And sure. there were even some times where you thought that Hiromu was going to pull off, you know, the miracle win here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, you got to get the you got to get those hope spots in wherever you can. But yeah. at, at the same time, I mean, 
they weren't going to take it off of evil like uh, immediately. Yeah, no, I mean I get that for and, sure, and it wouldn't have been Hiromu either. You know what I mean? I will say for the the times where you know you know that a guy shouldn't win the title or or won't win the title, right? Uh, for those kind of scenarios, New Japan certainly does it the best, in my opinion. It's true. Where it's like they really make you think for just a split second, man, maybe this guy's going to pull it off. And uh, you know when the when the two count comes, it's like oh okay yeah All right. yeah well um, I mean just just look back at the Naito uh, Okada match uh, I mean Okada had that match in the bag like. All several, the, like, several times yes yeah, several times and then out of nowhere here comes naito so yeah yeah i i definitely agree they they do the those hope spots and kind of like uh you know flipping it on its head very well mm-hmm. and speaking of naito he did come out after the match and uh he he told the uh, evil that uh, his lease is nearly up his, his rent is due mm. uh, as far as those titles go evil did not give much of a response afterwards so we don't know when that match will come but you know that naito is back in the hunt for the titles oh yeah yeah for sure i i feel like with hiromu coming out uh and challenging uh challenging evil it it was just naito being like almost like in shock Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like like of course naito's gonna want the belts back of course but but the the initial uh shock uh, mm-hmm. I think stopped him from having that match uh, initially, mm-hmm. and then let Hiromu take over for you know that match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, elsewhere on the card here, a man who is uh, not too, um, I guess um, uh, he, he's, he's he's not really giving too much importance to the titles right now. One Mister Kazuchika Okada, mm. uh, he faced off with the, the pimp of the Bullet Club, Yojiro uh, Takahashi. Mm. Um, now, what Okada has said in recent times is that the the title, um, the IWGP Championship, does not interest him at the moment because he feels as though the importance of the title is now half of what it used to be because it is now. Uh, Damn. Yeah, it's a little little fiery there. Damn. A little salty from Okada. Yeah. So it only really means something when when he's got it. Yeah. When he's got it, or mm-hmm. or if it wasn't tied in with the IWGP Intercontinental Title, perhaps. Right. Right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's also a fair point. Yeah, I think that's that's what he was really getting at. But you do. You, you can tell that he's awfully salty about. There's some subtleness to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good good character um, aspect to uh, for Okada there for sure. Uh, yes, this match here against Yujiro Takahashi is probably about one of the more tamer Okada matches that you could see. Um, obviously, um, all due respect to Yujiro. Um, uh, he's clearly not at Okada's level, and either you know, I mean, not not a lot of people are. I was gonna say like that's. Not a lot of people are, so yeah. like you, you can't really take that away from him necessarily. Of course, I, I will say from from the times that I've watched Okada, and I've watched Okada a lot. People either rise to the occasion against Okada, mm-hmm. uh, or they um, uh, they're a little bit more tame, perhaps. Okada still put on a good display here, I think, and Yujiro Takahashi did look he looked fine he mm-hmm. looked fine in the match didn't do anything wrong um but it, if you're looking for a world beater of a match here this is not uh this is probably not the match that you're looking for yeah i, I mean they can't have they can't have okada stealing the thunder of, you, you know what i mean of course yeah of course um you did also have uh hiroshi tanahashi kota ibushi uh yuji nagata uh he uh tenzon I, i'm not gonna try it the, the first name Hiroyoshi, Hiroyoshi, Tenzon, that sounds and right. Master Wado, 
they defeated uh, the uh, Suzuki Goon team of mm. uh, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, Kanemaru, and Duki. Um, yeah, very good match. It went about uh, 13 minutes long. Uh, all all action, you know, you're, you know, uh, as you would with a five-on-five tag match that New Japan puts on. So literally all action. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, New Japan does multi-tag matches, like, super, super well, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and then, of course, uh, the MVP of New Japan for 2020, Shingo Takagi. Mm. Uh, he did, in fact, retain his never-open-weight title against El Desperado uh, in um, just over 17 minutes in what was also a very, very good match. Hell yeah. Desperado, he's very, very good, very talented, a very good utility player. Uh, and uh, Shingo, uh, I mean, that guy is just... It's Shingo. Mwah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love, love watching Shingo Takagi. Mm-hmm. I, I really want, they, they really should play this up and be like with Okada saying these things about the IWGP championship. Hmm. Maybe there's something here. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a wish in here. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll save for this. Maybe, maybe let it stew a little I bit. I like here. that. Yeah. Like Okada being like, no, let me get, let me, let me make a title mean something again. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me do something real quick. I like it. This would be good. Um. <laughs> yes, but New Japan keeps on rolling. They also did announce uh, their uh, a a summer struggle tour, uh, which they'll they'll be doing shows uh, all summer long. Um, I'd also recommend checking out their new show that's on Fridays, especially if SmackDown bores you, which it does to me. Mm-hmm. Um, their their new show on um, on Fridays. Uh, on the New Japan World, it's it's um, more American based, so it's coming out of the LA Dojo. A lot of the graduates there. I think I heard about this. Uh, Jeff Cobb was uh, was on there mm. the other night, uh, so I definitely recommend checking that out for sure. What uh, what kind of like show would you attribute it to? I mean, it's it's you know straight up like New Japan. You right. know, there's it's a lot more like like New Japan than it is any other kind of show, but it, it is with uh, featuring American-based wrestlers. Like, there was uh, Filthy Tom Lawler and Jeff Cobb, and you get a... I think Rocky Romero's been on there uh, a bunch. So, okay. yeah, you can definitely check that out. It's very high quality, very good stuff. So if you're wanting more wrestling, as opposed to um, Seamus beating up on Jeff Hardy because he's an alcoholic, then um, then this might be for you, right? That is, that is something that I want. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into some more news here, Stephen. Some more news. Yeah. Uh, John Moxley reveals why drug use isn't prominent in pro wrestling anymore. Writes Felix Upton of Ringside News. Um, John Moxley here um, uh, says in this article: Luckily, our generation now has kind of left that for the generation past us. We learn from the mistakes of the past generation. You won't really see a lot of that anymore. Uh, we got uh, a really young, healthy generation. Um, as, so, yeah, John Moxley talking about how the business is kind of uh, cleaned up and it's uh, in, in and matured maybe a little bit with its younger generation. Stephen, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, obviously good news. Since yeah. oh yeah, I, I mean that's definitely for the best for sure. I, I mean, r- no matter the sport, I, I mean rampant drug use is is just. That's no one's ball game, you know. Like no one wants that, really. And mm. and and a lot of that, from from what I've read, you know, a lot of that drug use in, in the past in the wrestling industry was uh, very much due to, uh, you know, possibly some flawed characteristics of individuals, blah blah blah. But also mm. like just 
taking bumps all the time and, yes. and, and the, the, the physical uh, aggression of the sport. Um, so, so I definitely understand, hmm. uh, you know, needing something as an outlet for that. But at the same time, wrestling has gotten like a lot safer in, in a lot of ways. Like, obviously, we have like the the crazy like deathmatch promotions and things mm, like that. But mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a lot more uh, people really thinking about the the long term effects uh, of the business and the long term effects of these matches and things like mm. that. And a lot of people are just being safer about it. Well, you get a lot of people too, like Kenny and the Young Bucks and Cody, the the elite. Who they, they they don't even drink right, um, and I think that that's good, right? I, I think that the less harm that you can do internally to yourself, I mean, that's certainly gonna provide you with a lot of longevity. I, well, I think, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, uh, you know, drugs and stuff can can do crazy, crazy mm-hmm. things to like your immune system and, mm-hmm. and your bones and your muscles and things like that, and and really just won't give your body the the nutrients and time that mm-hmm. it needs to actually heal itself right well i think that it, it also goes to say that there's no longer a culture of like all right you got to take steroids and now because you're right. taking steroids you got to take all this stuff and oh man i'm taking all these bumps so i gotta have some extra whatever mm-hmm. and now because i'm taking all this stuff my 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 penis doesn't work so now i gotta take viagra right right, right. yeah this things like that um which now you're on blood thinners which is yeah, like a whole thing yeah that's a it's a whole it's a whole can of worms yeah um so. no I, I mean i i think it, it's an overall good thing for sure mm. uh, and also i mean this could be a good thing or a bad thing but you don't just have like not everyone is just jacked as all hell at all times right you know what i mean you, and, and you don't so, have a business anymore of guys that are like regularly 265 pounds to 305 pounds right right and and that opens up you know more of like an underdog type story with with a guy that might be you know a little bit scrawny and then a guy that's super jacked as hell you know whereas in the past it's like okay this guy's 265 oh this guy's only 240 he's the underdog here (laughs) it's like dude that guy could rip me in half what a lightweight yeah exactly yeah interesting stuff there i i do like this and you can find more of that uh from uh, i think it's like dan levitard's show uh he mm. had an interview with uh with john moxley so you can definitely check that information out there mm-hmm. uh, before i move on to this next story here this is actually a follow-up from um a discussion that um uh, anthony from smart to death and i had on uh, on his show on thursday I definitely recommend you checking that out on Shout out. yeah smart to death radio uh, a big thank you again to anthony for being such a gracious host and having me on um glad we could get a chance to talk uh, one of the talking pieces was that uh, tessa blanchard would not be returning the um uh, impact world championship belt here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um actually but per uh, pro wrestling.com and writer uh mike killiam uh tessa blanchard will in fact be returning the impact world championship um safe and sound a representative told fightful select this week uh, Blanchard's side has denied all claims that the former world champion um, uh, held up the title, uh, following reports that she demanded a huge sum of money to send the belt back. According to them, Tessa had only received a shipping address within the last week. Uh, the article goes on to say that Impact uh, Wrestling t- uh, cut ties with Blanchard earlier this summer. Her contract had expired prior to Slammiversary, but she had not appeared since the onset of COVID-19 pandemic in March uh, as she is away in Mexico with her boyfriend, Daga. Mm. So, Stephen, is, is, uh, we, we've been getting a lot of 
conflicting reports with Tessa Blanchard. A lot of he said, she said, literally within yeah. within Impact uh, about Tessa Blanchard and you know and the, all the internal reports about her. Um, I, I mean, is, is this just too much drama within Impact Wrestling? I see. I feel like they're picking a lot of a lot of fights. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, it really just comes down to whether or not. Like, like, who's the bully here? Is it is it Impact or is it Tessa? Uh, because depending on who you ask, it you can get evidence of either one, really. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to say, like, definitively. You know, neither of us are are in that situation. Uh, right, we're we're not in those talks and, and things like that. Uh, I don't know Tessa as a person, right? And, and I certainly don't know the executives of of Impact Wrestling either. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I think at this point. Whether it's Tessa instigating or Impact instigating, I do think it is for the best that Tessa is no longer with them, for sure. Right. Um, but what was it Tessa, you know, holding on to the title and, and saying, screw you, I'm keeping it? Or was it Impact kind of, you know, dragging Tessa through the mud and kind of making up things about her? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see it being a little bit of both, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, um, it, it has been reported from several different places that Tessa Blanchard may not be the easiest person to work with and we've talked about that on the show before I've heard. yeah and 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 that we uh, we would like to see maybe somebody step up and maybe kind of mentor her a bit more in the business she's still very very young it's true um, so um, you know I think a mentor uh, type person would would definitely be of uh, great use for her mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time it it does feel like um, too that Impact just is is as good as they're getting right now because they they did bring in a whole lot of people. That's true. Um, that uh, you know maybe it's time that they just kind of focused on themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let bygones be bygones. She's bringing back the title now. Let's hope that this is just the last step in us having to hear anything more about this uh, this very. Um, uh, nasty divorce, let's say. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty nasty divorce for sure. Uh, I, I mean, it it just goes back to like, just let it go. But both parties need to just let it go and, and go their separate ways. Uh, you know, I- impacts not going to, you know, they're they're not going to go under for this. Tessa's not going to be become not popular because of this, uh, uh, unless it continues and, and unless it keeps going on. And, and then every time you you think of Tessa Blanchard and Impact, you think of their like feud or or whatever. Um, they just need to let it go and stop talking about it. This is true. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to some AEW news here because this is this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I like this. Um, AEW has announced Cody's next challenger on Dynamite is none other than Warhorse. Yes. Uh, Cody tweeted out, you asked for it, AEW is giving it to you, but I predict that this won't last long. He doesn't get outside of five minutes with me. Yikes. Mm, Cody, very cocky here. Spicy. Now, Warhorse, for those who haven't seen him before, um, definitely very much an 80s heavy metal gimmick. And I'm not talking about Motley Crue or Poison. Ugh. <laughs> I'm talking about like actual metal bands like Judas Priest and uh, Iron Metallica, Maiden. Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. yeah, Anthrax, you know these kinds of bands. Uh, very, very much um, influenced by those. Influenced by um, uh, wrestlers like uh, the Road Warriors. He's got the face paint. He's very, he's a very, um, 
like he stands out in a crowd. Warhorse does, right, right. And his in ring is very frantic. It definitely matches that heavy metal vibe. Uh, definitely shows a lot of power, but also you know, he's he's good uh, high flyer, good you know submission specialist. Uh, you know he's he's just very good, kind of jack of all trades kind of guy. Yeah, he's 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 very well rounded. I will mm-hmm. say he's very well rounded. Um, so Warhorse could potentially be a very good pickup if AEW was to sign him, um, and I think that he would have a very very good match with Cody. The question here, Stephen, is does Warhorse stand a chance at beating Cody? Uh, I don't know. I, I think they're going to milk the, this open challenge thing a little bit longer, personally. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it is very cool to see Warhorse coming into AEW and, and uh, immediately in a title shot, which is really cool, too, uh, especially because a lot of people have been, uh, you know, requesting it. Um, I, I wasn't 100% familiar with Warhorse when, mm-hmm. I, when I first heard about this, but I have gone and looked up, uh, you know, some clips of his matches, some, mm-hmm. some promos and, and things like that. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, just first impression, I think he's great. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how the match goes. However, I do think that, that Cody will will uh, retain here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but that being said, I, I mean, if he puts, a, puts up a really, really great match with Cody and then does get signed to AEW, I mean, that's a... That's a, a a rocket strapped to his back, you know, like to, yeah. to have a really, really solid match with, with someone like Cody and, and the, the impact that that would have in AEW. Hmm. I feel like Cody's challengers have, uh, w- with each passing challenger, it gets more and more difficult for Cody. And I think that's how it should be, right? I think that's good booking. Mm-hmm. Um and with each passing one, Cody seems to uh, rile up Arn Anderson a little bit more. And Arn Anderson's, you know, you know, out there on the sidelines. Get your head in the game, Cody. Yep, yep. Right? Wouldn't it be great if Warhorse did defeat Cody here? And Warhorse took the title off of him. And Cody has to kind of work his way back up to the title. I'm not saying that maybe it should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that would make for really good storytelling. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely good storytelling, good booking. Uh, I mean, like you said, Cody's been kind of getting, like, like more cocky. As yeah. it's gone on, for sure, and, and that line where he's like, he doesn't make it, you know, five, out of five minutes with me. I mean, that's like, that's some of the cockiest we've seen, Cody. Yeah, you know. Th- so for me, that kind of is a tip of the hat, maybe a little bit here. Right, right. Maybe, maybe it's a warhorse winning here. I don't know. I think that would be awfully cool. Um, I mean, it, it certainly would be cool, and also warhorse is the type of character that that can get astronomically over with the AEW mm. crowd. Like he he mm. fits that show very very well, I mm. think. Um whether the fans are going to like Cody losing the title to somebody, I don't know, but but at the same time, mm. it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I think Warhorse uh, definitely does have a future in the company if he were to sign. I think it would be cool. And I don't know what Warhorse's schedule looks like right now. Maybe maybe I'll have True. to hit, maybe I'll have to hit him up and ask him, there right? You go. Maybe he should come on to Headlock Talk and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what would be pretty cool is if you had Warhorse defeat Cody and then him start defending the AEW title around independent promotions. Oh snap! They, they're a, the AEW TNT title rather, mm-hmm. and uh, you know every week you can kind of like with the um, let's kind of throw it back here for a second. Uh, CM Punk's Summer of Punk was supposed to be him going around to all these other different places 
outside of WWE and showing off his world title and, you know, hey, the, the, the king has come to town. He's, you know, talking about how he defeated uh, the evil John Cena to, to take back professional wrestling, right? Of course. Um, you know, that was supposed to be what CM Punk's whole thing was about with the, the Summer of Punk. Um, it would be cool for, like, if AEW did have, like, little clips of... Um, him defending Warhorse, defending the title in these independent places here, build up Cody to getting the rematch back with Warhorse, and then kind of also also having Warhorse on TV defending the title and everything like that. Maybe have Cody face a very emphatic challenger. I think that'd be very cool. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it's certainly not in the cards. I, I would say. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, well, nice. I, you know, I, you, I don't your, know. Your dream's just, nice, but shut up. <laughs> no, no, I, I just don't think that that they would drop it to to someone not unknown because because Warhorse is obviously very popular, but mm. I don't know if they would drop it to someone unknown to the AEW crowd. Well, that's the cool thing about the AEW crowd is that they're 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 vastly more open and and knowledgeable of of, of products outside of its own realm right um you know i think that that makes it somewhat special especially compared to wwe mm-hmm. i think it could be a wise move um because then if you put the title on him that makes him very very important and then you could ultimately still have him lose the title back at you know all out for example right you could certainly do something like that because then you build another star Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, in in Warhorse, which I think that uh, of all the guys in the independent circuit, Warhorse is a guy that certainly deserves it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I think Warhorse definitely fits in the the style of AEW and, and like the the type of wrestlers that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he def- definitely would mesh well. Uh, definitely could be a good guy uh, in in the mid card scene, but also mm-hmm. with with a lot of work and attention, I think Warhorse could definitely be up there, you know, competing against the likes of John Moxley, even mm-hmm. if you if if given the chance. Uh, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see. Wait yep. and see. Um, it is exciting though. I'm, it is exciting. Yeah, I'm and very excited. Shout out to AEW for you know giving the people what they want. Absolutely, absolutely, Stephen. Uh, Let's let's actually move a little bit on to uh, some WWE news um, uh, before we uh, we go into our hot takes. Mm, indeed, uh, Big E finally getting his big push. It, it seems as such here on SmackDown as Kofi confided in uh, Big E that uh, now is his time, mm-hmm. and uh, Big E could be a big breakout star. In 2020, what do you think of this, Stephen? Can Big E win the big one? I'm using the word "big" a lot here. Well, it's it's, it's part of his name. Big. I understand. Big. It's, it's big deal. Big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah. He, he certainly could. Uh, I, I don't see why not. I, I mean, we've always talked about Big E on this show. I mean, he's he's one of, if not the best, out of New Day, and. Mm. and he, I mean, really, the three of them are all bigger than the faction themselves. Uh, like, I don't know. The th- I think the faction makes them as big as they are, right? The, the I mean, fact it, that they've got this camaraderie and this togetherness. It's right? certainly part of it, but like, what what I mean is like they're that's not all of their value. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like okay. they're they're all insanely good in the ring, and, and they're they're popular. Yes, for for their their gimmick and their their new day, uh, you know, faction, but. They can be popular for for other reasons as well. I, I mean, Kofi. I mean, yeah. they're they're all great wrestlers. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Yeah, just because they're a faction doesn't mean they have to tag all the time together, right? Like, right. like you know, Kofi had his amazing singles run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got cut short in a rather, uh, <laughs> rather anticlimactic <laughs> way, but we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, why why not give Biggie, uh, you know, kind of the same chance that, that Kofi did? I I think Biggie is is just as talented as Kofi, if not more. Perhaps so. Yeah, um, I think B- Big E has. All of the tools and makings of somebody who could be a really, really great champion. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if given the opportunity, yeah, Big E could be a, a much better champion uh, than perhaps somebody like Braun Strowman, who has uh, certainly struggled in his title run, I think. Uh, better champion. I mean, is he still champion? <laughs> well, whatever happened in the swamp fight, I don't really know. Yeah, but uh, I think that he he Biggie has a bigger and better personality than you know um, than Braun. I think, especially if you compare him with like maybe somebody like Bray Wyatt. Um, I, I think that uh, Bray Wyatt's matches don't do anything for me personally, but I think Big E could still uh, put on a great match with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that could have a great match with with Big E. Um, so yeah, why not? 100%. Let's put the rocket on him and uh, see where things go here. Yeah, I, I mean, like like Kofi said in that promo. I mean, uh, uh, 11 years, uh, 11 years with with not like a, a huge singles run, a, a title chance, a, a title. You, you know, opportunity title opportunity <laughs> uh yeah why not yeah Let, let's 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 give it to big e yeah i yeah. mean we're, we're always talking about you know guys being undervalued underutilized underrated mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. I, I mean this is this is a, a chance to rectify that you know xavier's out kofi's out new day is you know on a hiatus right now with, with, with the two of them being out so yeah hmm um, let, let's talk about more people being underutilized and undervalued here, Stephen. Goodness, do uh, we have to? Yeah, per- <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, uh, this one's actually uh, thanks to Mike Charlop, our good buddy Mike Charlop at MikeJC821 on Twitter. What's up, Mike? Uh, he shared this here. Uh, according to Sports Kita's Tom Colohue, shout out, Tom. How's yes. it going? Uh, Vince McMahon is reportedly not that high on Aleister Black anymore as he doubts that Black could carry the show and feels like there's, quote, something missing from his skill set. Kalahu goes on to say, things have really changed in the last couple weeks for Aleister Black. Uh, Now, Paul Heyman definitely loved him and Aleister Black was really the headline of the show for him. Every week he would be having a half-hour match in the opening minutes. To my knowledge, Vince McMahon, uh, it is Vince McMahon, rather, uh, who has mixed feelings, um, shall we say. Uh, Vince added the creak noise to the entrance when uh, he leverages up and now has removed that entrance altogether. We haven't seen Aleister Black, the the Aleister Black entrance, in a long time. Uh, To put it bluntly, Vince thinks there's something missing about Aleister Black. It's similar to how he feels about Cesaro. Jesus Christ. Uh, Steven, this is uh, some, one of the things that we feared was going to happen with Bruce Prichard taking over Raw, um, that he was going to listen more to Vince McMahon and not give Vince the pushback and that counter um, line of thinking uh, that Paul Heyman is often known for. And it's crazy. Yeah. Here we are. And here we are. Alistair Black has been somewhat diminished, which is um, quite sad, actually. Extremely. I I love Alistair Black, and I wish that um, that this wouldn't be the case. 
I mean, the, but, this uh, is just the the biggest. Ex- you know, everyone wants to wants to make fun of Vince and, and, and all these things, but, yeah. but then, then then there's a lot of people that are defending Vince, saying he's a fantastic wrestling mind. Blah 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 blah. He's a fantastic business mind. I'll give him that. Yes, but you're saying that there's something that Alistair Black is missing, and that same thing that's missing is what Cesaro is missing. You mean two of the greatest wrestlers on your entire roster? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That shows me exactly how you're thinking about all right. of this. Well, and, and and I think Cesaro and Aleister Black, and, and I'll throw in Ricochet here as well, WWE keeps getting these these guys come in who have the supremely talented and, and gifted skill sets across the board, whether you're talking about on the mic or in the ring. And they just refuse, for whatever reason, to make stars out of people who rightfully should be stars. Just because of little minute things. Well, here's the thing about that. You You say, oh, Aleister Black, he's great, but he's missing something. Well then, tell me what tell me what you think he's missing. Right? Oh, it could be. I mean, in Vince's mind, it could be size, it could be promo work, it could be any number of things. But you're not going to get people over unless you actually like build them up, right? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that 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 line of thought because like, Alistair Black is his own person. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to necessarily have all the tools. That, that you think he should have. You know what I mean? Like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin has different tools than The Rock does. And, and The Rock has different tools than John Cena does. You know what I mean? And so, like, I don't really understand why you think Aleister Black needs to be, like, put in a box, necessarily. They literally put him in the closet for, like, a year. I, th- I mean, they literally did. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, not everyone's created equally. So I don't that that line of reasoning just doesn't make any sense to me. Dude, all this all this tops out for me and is like you are literally pushing guys out the door, yeah, right? You're 100%. pushing out some supremely talented people out of your company, right? So the clock's ticking here in in my view, right? I I know, you know, AEW shouldn't be the landing spot of of all former WWE guys, but Look, if you have guys on your roster like Aleister Black and Ricochet who are not getting chances and who should rightfully be stars in whatever promotion they're they're in, if you're shooting angles with Jeff Hardy being an alcoholic and keep continue to run that story for months on end, you are literally if you you took out Rey Mysterio's eye. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. And he's all he's asking for is a little bit more money in his contract. That's what he's asking for. And you yeah. took out his eye and now you're you're negotiating his contract, right? Um all all this is is you you are literally begging for companies like AEW and New Japan to snatch these guys up. If if Aleister Black left WWE at the end of his contract and went to New Japan and went back under the name of Tommy End, I think he would be a, a hugely popular star mm-hmm. in New Japan. Absolutely. Right? He would be he like matches with him and Okada would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Him and Kota Ibushi would be amazing matches. Yeah. Ricochet could go to AEW 
or New Japan. And cuz he's already been in New Japan before, why not put him in there again? Mm-hmm. These are guys who could really be big elsewhere. And yeah. and they will end up proving you wrong as as your company unfortunately falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, and what what's crazy about that too is like uh obviously Alistair Black and Ricochet both in uh in NXT were were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Great matches, great promo work. I, I mean, everything about them was great. And, and then when they got moved up to main roster, we we lost a lot of you know what originally had made them great. You yep. know what I mean? But at the same time, you've you've put out a professional product yep. with Ricochet and yep. Alistair Black, showing what they are capable of. Yep. And so now you're putting them in this position where you're not giving them chances. You're you're. I mean, basically shooting them in the foot at every single turn, but you've already shown every wrestling promotion in the world and every wrestling fan what these guys are capable of, and now you're treating them like crap. I mean, you basically set them up to have a really, really good life in some other promotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's what really what confuses me about it. Like you you want to go through all of this all of this time and all this effort to build them up in NXT and, and they became the, this huge star in NXT. Yep. And then you pull them to the main roster, don't do absolutely jack shit with them mm-hmm. and, and then like you're surprised when they leave and are stars elsewhere, you know? It's like yeah. you built them to a certain degree and yeah. then you tore them down. Yeah. Yep. Ah, it's yep. just so weird, man. Very, I don't understand it. Very backwards thinking, my friend. Let's move on here to one last bit of uh, of story, a little, little bit of news here. And I touched on this actually on that Smart to Death interview that I was on uh, with Anthony um, uh, just on Thursday, uh, which, uh, again, I highly recommend that you go and check that out and, and, and support uh, not only Headlock Talk, but also uh, Smart to Death Radio. We've got a lot of great friends like... Uh, Anthony and Mags and Queen, mm-hmm. uh, JPQ, who is, we'll pour one out for JPQ real quick. Yeah, pour one out. Uh, Warren, Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, so definitely check out those great folks as well. Um, but uh, what I had mentioned earlier um, on that show on Thursday is that uh, Dave Meltzer reported uh, that uh, Sky Sports Italy has now dropped WWE uh, from its programming. Uh, to now instead feature AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Milter goes on to write, uh, or rather to say, uh, after about two decades, WWE has lost its deal with Sky Sports Italy over a combination of the cost of the rights and the decline of interest in viewers. Sky has made the decision uh, to drop WWE several, had made this decision rather, uh, several months ago due to the cost increasing and ratings declining. But when WWE offered the old pay-per-views like they did to FS1, uh, those shows did well. WWE made a deal after losing Sky with Discovery. Sky did have interest in WWE after turning them down uh, before and just made a new deal this week with AEW which starts on the station in a Friday night time slot on July 31st. Over the past year, for similar reasons, uh, he notes, WWE has lost Sky Sports in Germany slash Austria, as well as the UK and now Italy. Steven, WWE falling apart in Europe and being replaced by AEW Dynamite, um, is this a sign of the times? Um... Yes and no. Uh, it's certainly not good for WWE. I'll say that for sure. Uh, if you do take a look at, you know, kind of the 
the response from from Sky Sports Italy themselves. They they did say, you know, we we've terminated our contract with WWE due to uh, you know, the the cost being too high and, and the ratings being too low, right? Uh, but they did also go on to say that with Dynamite, uh, yes, they're they're paying way less, but they're also expecting way less viewership on that product than than what they were getting with WWE. So yes, it is bad for WWE, especially just on a like uh, PR standpoint. Like like we can just see a headline that says like, hey, AEW replaces WWE in Italy. I mean that's that's a huge headline right there. Whether you look into it a little bit more or not, that that can like put the idea in someone's head. So it, it's definitely a shot, but it's not a, not close to the killing blow, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of North America, um, I mean, the UK is certainly WWE's biggest market, and if they continue to increase the prices and are not getting the fan return that they want, and they see AEW as a less expensive alternative that actually catches people's opinion, like like. Um, not opinions, but catches people's eye. I know AEW has personally looked into doing more European e- expansions. Not, 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 not like doing a AEW UK or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Lord no, no, but, please no. <laughs> but like going into Europe, I think that would be pretty brilliant. If for it, sure, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, there, there's been a lot of uh, you know documentation coming out that that's saying a lot of people that jump into AEW stay with AEW yep. and that AEW has has very good retention power yes so I, I mean you start I mean yeah they're they're expecting less viewership right off the bat but if it's more consistent viewership than what WWE was getting that makes the contract worth it you know well absolutely and there's nothing to say that AEW couldn't grow uh, I mean it, it's, it's they've base. been growing yeah, they continue rapidly. To, yeah, just in a year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited. I, I really want there to be things that that work out, and um, yeah, it, it would be great. I I, I think that um, this is obviously a big blow for WWE fans, um, but um, yeah, I mean for AEW this is fantastic news. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes of this year. Yeah, I, I mean this. Uh I will say, if this goes down how a lot of people think it's going to go down, this is definitely the the first like the the first shot in in, mm. uh, in the downfall of WWE because yeah. I I do believe that with if just at the end of the day AEW wins and WWE loses, mm. it's going to be AEW capturing the rest of the world before North America. Yeah, I mean, this is a big cannonball going from uh, the AEW side of things. Through the WWE ship as it's sailing uh, across it's not the sea, sunk seas. yet. It's not sunk, but, but it's that's a, a decent chunk. It's a it's a big cannonball blow. That's for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get spicy, Stephen. We're gonna <laughs> okay. go ahead and dive down into these hot takes this week. Hot takes. Yes, indeedy. Hot takes this week. This is the segment where you, the listener, write in your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions to us on Twitter at Headlock Talk, and we respond in kind and give you a shout out. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so let's uh, crack open the hot takes here with our good buddy Conrad at Everything Pro Wrestling on Twitter at EPW Show. Rather on Twitter, that's that's his handle. Mm-hmm. How's it going, Conrad? Hope you're doing well. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, Conrad asks, "Who was better, the one, two, three kid, or six? So that's his first question. Um, to clarify, they're both the same person. They're they're I both see. they're both X Pac." Right, I see. Um, however, I personally preferred the one, two, three kid. Uh, he's just provided a lot of memorable moments in the in WWE back in the day. So, I mean, I, I, I'm personally gonna go with the one, two, three kid. Um, ironically, though, if you add up one, two, three, it does equal six. Oh man, was that on purpose? It's gotta be. <laughs> I'm just going to glare at Steven here for a minute. <laughs> um, moving right along to Conrad's next question. Thoughts on Warhorse getting a shot to be on AEW Dynamite? Who do you book next to challenge Cody? Um, well, I mean, Warhorse, like, like I said, I think we put him over pretty big. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very excited for uh, Warhorse's chance uh, here. Um, I, I think he I think he stands as good of a chance as anybody. Yeah, personally. I, absolutely. Uh, I mean... I do like your your idea of Warhorse going over here and, mm-hmm. and then like you know taking it the rounds through the Indies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like that idea. So I I mean I I would not be upset if Warhorse mm-hmm. uh, were to win for sure. Um, what, what was the second part of the question? Uh, who do you book next to challenge Cody? Ah, so if Cody does in fact beat Warhorse, who should he face next? Mm. I've got a name for you. He's a man that made his wrestling return at. GCW last night here. Mm. I'm talking, of course, of Austin, Texas's own ACH. Mm. Let's book ACH to take on Cody. Yeah. ACH is a supremely talented guy, um, and and now that he's back on the scene, let's let's put him in there. Let let's let's give give him some shine. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Is really kind of putting uh, putting a big spotlight on the indie scene. And here's a guy in ACH who really does deserve uh, to have all the shine that's put on him for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ACH is definitely a great pick. Uh, my mind goes immediately to Jeff Cobb j- just because he he was in AEW for like two shows and, and then just like disappeared. At, uh, forever. Well, so, I mean, he's in New Japan. I, I mean, he he's is doing stuff for New it's Japan. True. It's true. Um, I, I just mean disappeared from AEW specifically. Uh, so yeah, I mean Jeff Cobb versus Cody would be really cool to see too. Alex Zane is another guy. Yeah. Alex Zane or Blake Christensen, I think, could be uh, good contenders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think we got some good people here. Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham, though. I mean, Ring of Honor might have a problem with him. Yeah, doing a show with AEW. Yeah. Who knows? That'd be dope, though. It would be dope. <laughs> I don't disagree with you there. It would be very dope. Yeah. Um, let Woohoo, me s- contracts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Conrad also asks one final question. What SummerSlam matches are you hoping for? Um, I mean, I really do hope that they do the Drew McIntyre-Randy Orton match, because I think that mm-hmm. they could have a very good match together. Fingers crossed. Fingers emphasized crossed here. Yeah. Um I, I think that could be good. Let me get the Big E Braun match. <laughs> yeah. If if Braun did in fact retain the title. Can you just imagine 
Big E powering out of Braun's slam and then picking up Braun and giving him the big ending. Dude. And then winning that belt. Dude. That would be pretty killer. Yeah. I would be down. <laughs> um, let me see here. What else could you... Well, I mean, if they do do the SummerSlam weekend kind of thing, there has been talk whether or not they do SummerSlam two nights or if they're going to do a NXT and then a SummerSlam. Um, if they do have the NXT uh, pay-per-view the night before, uh, then I would be all about a Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that Karrion Cross's days... I don't think it's Keith Lee's days. I think it's Karrion Cross's days are actually coming up sooner than people think. I think that they're going to probably try and get him to the main roster as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think uh, if they give Keith Lee um, a shot at him, I think that it'll be a very, very good match. Yeah, for sure. I, I do hope that they do an NXT and then a, a one-night SummerSlam instead of the two-night SummerSlam, personally. Mm-hmm. Personally. Personally. Yeah. Mm. Indeed. Well, thank you, Conrad, yes. for your questions and hot takes. Thank you. Uh, foul Wholesome Seal Original at Foul underscore Original on Twitter. Uh, congrats, Foul, on his new job. Congratulations, Foul. Congrats. Uh, Foul says, Hot take. I'm really excited for AEW's Women's Tag Team Tournament. Even if the single side isn't as developed, maybe this will help. Uh, true. Yeah, I mean, it certainly gives more shine to the ladies, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, vitally important right now. For sure. Um, and it gives them um, a chance to kind of give an, an expose for um, for a lot of them, if not all of them, and even bring in new stars. They're, they're always bringing in new people. I think it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just more airtime is, is what AEW's women's division needs right now. For sure, yeah, and, and I mean, e- even if we just look at this from um, from a perspective of, of like showcasing the talent, I, I mean, that's a that's a big win. That that's what that division needs, really. Uh, I, I mean, say what you want about the the women's uh, single division in AEW, it, it's not the best. Uh, it, it definitely needs some work. But this could be the first step in in getting a few of those a few of those ladies over. It's growing, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's the important thing is that it's growing. Um, and uh, all it really needs again is it's just more time. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, Foul, as always, for your question. Yes, thank you. Or your your hot take, rather. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Get Cho Comedy Wrestling Podcast at Get Cho Podcast on Twitter. How's it going, guys? Hope Howdy. You, hope you're doing well. Hope you come on the show sometime. Yes. That would be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, Get Cho says, Chris Bay giving out the hot take that divides wrestling fans more than WWE or AEW. Again, this is wrestler, uh, Impact Wrestler, and current Impact X Division champion. Hmm. Chris Bay, mm. he says, I don't know who needs to hear this. Get an iPhone. He, yeah, that's spicy for all you Android users out there. Steven, I know you personally use Android. I am an I iPhone do. guy personally here. Steven, do. how do you feel about Chris Bay telling you to get an iPhone? Um, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. No, I mean, I, I, got, I got nothing against Apple. I just prefer Android. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well, Chris Bay, get an Android. Yeah. Oh, well, there you well, go. How does that make you feel? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. Well, Chris, we await your thoughts on Steven's response. Exactly. Mm. And thank you, Get Cho, <laughs> for your hot take. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> T3 Podcast Network at T3 Network on Twitter. Uh, uh, T3 Network asks, uh, the KFC Double Down. Uh, this is a hot take, rather. It's not, mm. not a question. I'm looking at this wrong. I need glasses, Steve. I think that's, what, <laughs> I think that's the... I think that's the hot take here. Is yeah. I I need yeah. glasses. I mean, that might be a lukewarm take. Mm, perhaps so. <laughs> uh, T3 Podcast Network, our good friends at T3 Network on Twitter. T3 Network says, hmm, indeed, mm. I got it right this time. Mm, nailed it. I, it took me a couple takes here because I clearly can't read. <laughs> uh, but yes, T3 Network on Twitter says, the KFC Double Down Sandwich Mm. was better than Popeye's chicken sandwich. It just never got the love it deserved. Mm. Steven, I got to agree with T3 Network on this here. Um, A, no chicken sandwich deserves somebody to get stabbed over. No. Right? Which, True. which unfortunately happened. Um, it is. From my own personal experience, I've only really had one, one really outstanding chicken sandwich from Popeye's, um, and that was right... Before the hype train got it right, right. right I got course. I got right in underneath the the barbed wire mm-hmm. um, and the daggers and the daggers. <laughs> um, but every other chicken sandwich that I've had from K not KFC but um, from from old Popeyes there old old Popeyes yeah old Popeyes um, the the chicken feels like it ha- it's not cooked all the way like the chicken feels like really like thick and it's it's, it's a lot to get your teeth through yeah. Um, Personally, I mean, I, I could I could go without that feeling. It makes me feel like it's not cooked all the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, know, for so, sure. So maybe maybe flatten out the chicken more. You got to you got to actually hit it with that hammer. You know, you, yes, you gotta, it's hammer time. It is hammer time mm-hmm. uh, on that chicken. Mm-hmm. I will say I do give the nod to Popeye's actual like fried chicken, like 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 the fried chicken itself, like the by the piece. I will give the nod to that over KFC. But KFC did in fact get you. A better sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Stephen? <laughs> so the chicken sandwich—it's—it's it's very, for whatever reason, it's a very like contentious topic in the uh, in the the 2019-2020 season of chicken, right? Uh, for whatever reason, this Popeye's chicken sandwich burst onto the scene, and everyone collectively lost their freaking mind. Yes, right. Um, so, so I too. Skirted under the barbed wire, mm. and, and got a, a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I went with the spicy. Yes, um, you got to go with the spicy. I do. Uh, it's more flavor, yeah. really. Um, anyways, so I went with the spicy chicken sandwich. It's a good sandwich. Yeah, it's, it's not good. a bad sandwich. No, it was good. It, I I would say it's a very very good chicken sandwich. But KFC has has just better chicken in general. You think in, so? In my opinion, I, I really do think wow. so. Um, and the double down specifically, yeah, definitely beats the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Mm. And, and I will echo your sentiment about um, if you were to go to Popeye's now and get a chicken sandwich, uh, it wasn't as good. No, I mean I wouldn't pay money for it uh, with uh. with how how about the quality has gone down since mm. that initial hype, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, double down KFC double down sandwich better than Popeye's a hundred percent. That being said, though. The Chick Fil A sandwich, I was, beats everybody. I was just about to say, that and it's not even close. The, yes, I I agree a hundred percent. The Chick Fil A sandwich is really kind of the OG, and the, and say what you will about about the company, 
Uh, but the it's damn good chicken. Okay. Yeah, they've got they've got the best chicken sandwich that's on the market. Yes. Um, and plus, if you pair that with their new mac and cheese, yeah, it's good times had by all, really. Um, so yeah, take mm-hmm. that for what you will. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Okay, I mean, Chick-fil-A is just like sitting on top of the hill with the crown and, and all the subjects mm-hmm. down at the bottom, yeah. KFC, Popeyes, yeah. you know, Wendy's, all of them are kind of fighting amongst themselves. You want to take your Chick-fil-A sandwich to the next level, get the deluxe, and add bacon. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And also, I will say this. The the second place in, in terms of chicken sandwich, it's not Popeyes and it's not KFC. It's actually Wendy's. Just saying. Just saying. Look, if we're not if we're not counting, like, I don't even think I can agree with you if we're counting just fast food chains. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that's um, fair. like if we're counting non fast food chains, then probably my favorite chick sam- chicken sandwich has got to be from uh, Tumble Twenty Two. Yeah, uh, they had a bomb bomb chicken sandwich mm-hmm. here but that's 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 a that's a uh, austin texas exclusive special shout out to cotton patch cafe they they also have a, a very mm-hmm. very good chicken sandwich yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, not yeah. fast food either so oh, there you go but we'll we'll have to we'll have to maybe have more chicken sandwiches and you know determine I mean, this i mean i certainly will yeah maybe maybe, maybe tune in on wednesdays in the future for, uh, for the tanner and Stephen variety mm-hmm. hour maybe we'll have to do a taste testing of the best chicken sandwiches. We'll have to. It's a good idea. I like that. Go around, pick up a bunch of chicken sandwiches from places, cut them in half, and then you and I taste test them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we got an idea here, Stephen. I know Chick Fil A is number one, but the that now we're we're just finding where everyone else lies. But like, I don't see Chick Fil A getting dethroned personally because it's it's not even close for me. Possibly, Stephen. Possibly. But thank you, our good friends at the T Three Network Podcast at T Three. Um, podcast on uh, I'm sorry T3 Network rather mm-hmm. on Twitter thank you thought provoking indeed Stephen mm-hmm. uh, Justin Poxic our friend Justin on Twitter at Poxic Justin hey Justin hey Justin how's it going uh, Justin says hot take I missed the Attitude Era mm. um, I don't think you're alone man I don't think you're alone mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people like I do miss certain aspects of the Attitude Era I miss how important the stars feel mm-hmm for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely understand and uh, sympathize. Mm-hmm. Um, now for my question. Non-wrestling favorite. Uh, what's your favorite adult swim show? Mine is ATHF. Mm. Mm. What's your favorite non-wrestling uh, uh, adult swim show there, Stephen? Um... Well, Futurama and Family Guy are up there for sure, but they're not yeah. Adult Swim necessarily. They're uh, on Adult they, Swim. They were on Adult Swim. Um, if I'm going for like a straight Adult Swim show, probably Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken. Big fan of Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's pretty close between Robot Chicken as well as um, you know Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, yes. I mean that's uh, th- th- those are close. But wait, isn't um, isn't Rick and Morty? Adult Swim. It is. Bam. That's it. Rick yeah, and Morty. So for me. I mean, yeah. it could, could be Rick and Morty as well. Those yeah. are those are all good takes. Adult, See, Adult Swim Morty's, just has good content. Yeah, I mean, Rick and Morty has like transcended Adult Swim though. Like, so I don't even like attribute it as an Adult Swim show mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. It is an Adult Swim show. So, uh, so see, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you, Justin, for your question. Yes, thank you. 
Mags All Pods at DJ Kirkby on Twitter. How's it going, Mags? Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, Mags asks, or rather, he, he's got a couple things here going for us. Okay. Uh, first off, a hot take. Lentils are the best of all the legumes. Steven, lentils. Where, um, where do you stand on them? You like, you like them better than beans? Beans are legume. Are beans legumes yeah. also? Okay. Te- technically well, speaking. Then, then no. Beans are better than lentils for sure. Lentils taste like dirt. Hmm. I don't know. I, I've had good lentils before. There, see, there was a place uh, that, that closed because of... Uh, Poor lentils. The, the Rona, really. Oh, well, um, gotcha. But they, they did have a uh, an awesome vegetarian platter that uh, is really the only time that I would eat a full-on vegetarian platter. It was literally like two... Two spoon ladles full of uh, um, uh, lentils, and it had a big, uh, like steak-sized mushroom, uh, and all sorts of other like cooked or grilled vegetables on it. It was very, very good. They had it, they had it like covered in like some awesome green sauce. Interesting. It was it was very good. You I do... lost me at lentils and mushrooms. Mm, yeah, you're not big on either, um, but um, I, I found that to be pretty tasty. So if lentils it's are done fair. right, they are they are very, very good and full of full of protein. Perhaps I've only had uh, poorly prepared lentils. Perhaps so. Um, but, um, yeah, lentils are up there. Uh, beans are also very good. Um, I used to like I used to like all sorts of different types of beans and it's legumes. It's all about the black bean. You think so? That That's the, the, the superior bean. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It depends on what I'm, I'm, I'm getting. Like, I mean, if... if like if it's Mexican food, then yes, black beans. Black beans mm. are tasty. But I, I do go for a nice pinto bean though occasionally. Yeah, yeah, pinto beans Barbecued are nice. beans are not bad either. Yes, yeah, true. They're true. fine. Um, Mags also gives an unpopular opinion here. Test cricket is the best sport in the world. Steven, test cricket. What is test cricket? Test. Uh, well, it's cricket. I'm not. I'm not quite sure where the test comes in. Let me. I don't understand. Like, is look. that a different sport? Test cricket. That doesn't make much sense. To to me, as an American. Mm. Uh, well, what do you think is the best sport? Uh, best sport. I, I mean, wrestling. <laughs> um, well, there you go. I, I mean, yeah. If if we're going just based on like what I enjoy watching myself, uh, pro wrestling for sure would be my favorite sport. Uh, but if we're going just based on you know overall, my favorites. I mean, wrestling's up there. Basketball is up there. Um, uh, test cricket is the form of the sport of cricket with the longest match duration is considered the world's uh, ga- uh, highest standard, or rather the game's highest standard. Uh, current rankings here, Australia is number one, followed by New Zealand, India, and England rounds out the top four. Okay, so test cricket is like the NFL for cricket. Uh, generally, it's, like it's, it seems more like a national based, right? Like you've got like oh, a I national see. team. I see. Okay. Uh, comprised of only people from your country. Um, so yeah, I, I somebody's at the door. Hope it's not that I guy who was on my <laughs> yeah. lawn earlier. Goodness. Um, <laughs> it was Amazon. It was maybe Amazon or yeah. or Favor or something like that. I don't know. Um, Test cricket though, um, it's surprising, Megs. I, I would have thought that maybe MMA would be up there near the top. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I mean, I find that the world's beautiful game, the game commonly known here in the states as soccer, mm-hmm. otherwise known as football, uh, elsewhere in the world, I, I believe that that 
is perhaps the highest degree of sporting competition there is in the world. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just me. I would say MMA is also very, very up there on the list. For sure. Because it's literally life or death, Steven. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Spiking the mic. Yeah, I yelled the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Test cricket, though. I've never heard of that. So we're, we're learning new things. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, Mags All Pods, again, at DJ Kirkby on Twitter, has a question. What is one skill set or achievement you would like to learn by this time next year? Oh, what, what, a, what a cool question. Hmm. You know what I would like to learn? I would like to finally learn how we can get this streaming operation mm, here. Yeah. I would like to learn how, how I can get Streamlabs or OBS to actually work here on my computer. Maybe upgrade my computer a little bit here. Get, a, mm-hmm. get another another card or something like that. And really kind of make this thing work, Steven, uh, for, for video broadcasting. But perhaps that's just me. I like that. Um yeah. Yeah, so if anybody's out there who knows how to use or work OBS or Streamlabs in a particular way, hit me up. Come at me. Yep. Yeah, please. Yep. I would. I I need your help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for me, I, I want to start doing some uh, musical recording with uh, bass and, and bass guitar and regular guitar. Start doing some recording some effects maybe put some some very simple songs together that'd be like that. that'd be cool the the solo steven album coming out next fall oh i don't know about that mm. that's a deadline i don't like deadlines In, indeed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that's one thing uh, well that is uh that's some some brilliant takes and a great question max thank you uh for your question as always yes thank you Noob and Co at noob underscore n underscore co 1991 on twitter uh, has a couple things here for us. Uh, first off, a hot take uh, from our good friend Noob and Co. A hot take: the Swamp Fight is the best cinematic match, Stephen. That is a that is a hot take, Noob. That's, that's a fiery take. <laughs> that's a that's yeah that's some some passion right there. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm just not a Bray Wyatt guy. I just I I hate having to keep harping on it and defending it all the time mm-hmm. i just it's just that it's so hard i i i get that he's a great character but they're like when it comes to match time i'm just like <sighs> yeah <laughs> cinematic matches also don't really do much for me either mm-hmm. um best cinematic match is probably Probably all, honestly, this the the stadium stampede. I mean, that's my favorite it's for pro- sure. Probably my favorite. Yeah. Um. I don't know. the The cinematic matches are kind of weird for me. Um. I, I do like the stadium stampede match a lot. Mm. Uh. It, but just like for what it is. Mm. Um. But the whole like needing to do a cinematic match all of a sudden, like mm. I, I don't really understand that sentiment. Um. Like just give me a wrestling match. Like it, it doesn't have to be the this grand like movie level like thing. It doesn't 100%, have one hundred percent. One hundred percent. That being said, I do like Bray Wyatt. I do like his character. Uh, mm. But I, I will say, with all of Bray Wyatt's characters and his storylines and everything like that, it's never ever ever made sense on why they are wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like especially with with this newest one with with Bray and Braun. You know like. Bronze like or Bray saying, "Oh, I'm gonna take you back to to how it was," and, and then Bronze like trying to break free of his spell or something like that, mm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, but why did you need to wrestle for that? Like, it, it that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I mean, 
cinematic matches, I can take them or leave them. I like them for what they are, yeah. but it's not at all needed. These are great points here, Steven. Mm-hmm. But Noob, I'm very happy for you that you like that yes. the Swamp Fight. 100%. You know, I, I, I think that's great. You I know? mean, I enjoyed it, too. I just it didn't need to be a thing, necessarily, mm. you know? Perhaps. But Noob, I'm happy for you that you enjoyed it. Indeed. Uh, unpopular opinion, Sasha Banks and Bailey are making the women's division even worse. Thank you. Oh. Well, there you go, Steve. Well, I mean, I said this on our uh, on our last show, and you know, got a lot of a uh, not not like hate or anything, but just like a lot of disagreement, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone's you know entitled to their own opinion, but like, yes, I, I yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I could take it both ways, you know. I like I like it. Uh, mm, 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 hot take. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cut that? <laughs> no, no, we're not going to cut that. I'll, I will, I will let the train keep rolling. Fair enough. The people know me. They know the Texas gentleman. That's they, true. They know what I'm all about, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I like Sasha and Bailey. I, I think they're fine. Um, I don't like what they did with the uh, the title on Extreme Rules. I think that was awfully crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, that that match. Um, was great, and then you put a, a finish to it that was awfully sour and turned me off completely mm-hmm. uh, from the match. So, um, yeah, it's um, that's sad. It's it's unfortunate they did that, and I can understand a noob as a as a giant Oscar fan, one of the biggest Oscar fans I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand why you would feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I mean, with with Sasha and Bailey, I, I mean when they're when they're in the ring, just having a singles match, it's great. I mean, both of them are are very, very talented for sure, and, and both of them can have a, a outstanding match. But just every single second that they're not wrestling, I just want to like turn the TV off. So that's fair. I, I could understand that. Noob and Co has one final thing for us here. Uh, a burning question: If Shayna Baszler wins the WWE Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam, is it the end of Asuka's push? Mm. 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 I, I don't think that. Hmm. I don't think it'll be Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam. I think that that's going to come up, but I don't think it's going to be at SummerSlam. I think they're going to still go with Bailey. And Sasha having their thing with Asuka, right? Yeah. Um, Bailey's probably going to end up defending the title against somebody else. Um, I like what JPQ said on um, Thursday's Smart to Death uh, with how they should run that angle. But uh, I, I do think it'll still be Asuka versus Sasha, uh, the rematch at SummerSlam. And um, yeah, I think that Asuka will overcome and that her push will continue. Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard with with uh, with someone like Oscar. I feel like they've been very stop start uh, with with Oscar, uh, just the in the entire time that she's been in WWE. So I mean, I could really see it go both ways. To be honest, I I uh, I would love for her push to to continue and, and to see more of her, but at the same time, at any moment, WWE could be like, Nah, we're we're tired of her. So I don't know. Fair play, Steven. Um, let me see here. So thank you, Noob and Co., for your question. Yes, thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, Josh Robinson, our friend Josh, at JoshRobinson00 on Twitter. Josh says, rank the four horsewomen. 
mine stands at, although I'd note that I love all four, he ranks them as Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, and then Becky um, at, at the bottom of the list. Uh, Mags counters that with Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky uh, in his top four. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, rank the top four horsewomen. Rank them. Sasha. Sasha's at the top. Okay, I think you and I can agree on that together, Sasha. Becky. Hmm, okay. So so far, so good. You and I agree on the top two. Sasha and Becky, probably one and two. Charlotte. Bailey. Hmm. You know what? I'll, 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 I'll ride along with you on this. I'll, I'll ride along with you on this here. Mm-hmm. Um, though I, I would say that Bailey is really, really close in with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I might actually like her more than Charlotte, so I'm... Mm, I might personally go Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlotte is very, very talented in the ring. I think For that's sure. what keeps her maybe in that third spot. Yeah, I, I put Charlotte in the third spot just based on her like her ring work and, and her ring presence. Uh, she she's very very good in the ring. I will say that. Um, I just I don't like her <laughs> like as a character. Um, Fair enough. So. Yeah, and then Bailey, I'm not the biggest fan, and her in-ring stuff is like kind of unspectacular for me. So uh, at least for me, Charlotte has like a saving grace with her in-ring work. Uh, whereas Bailey, she she's not bad in any way. I, I want to make that clear. Bailey is not like bad. Hmm. Uh, she's just not for me. Fair enough. But, uh, but Sasha number one, like for sure. Yeah, Sasha's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Josh. For your take here, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, Who did he have as number one? He had uh, Charlotte as mm. number one. Mm. Mm. See, different strokes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, Jake uh, on Twitter, at Jake underscore Rittenauer. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Hey, man. I will preface this by saying, once again, I did post the picture of the hot wings for our hot takes here. Of course. So... Inevitably, we do get a lot of foodies who notice the the chicken basket. How could you not? Absolutely. Truly. Um, Jake says, I'm going to try a place called Hot Chicken Takeover tomorrow. Just thought I'd share. Nice. (laughs) Yes. Um, Get Cho uh, podcast, uh, who we had mentioned earlier, uh, went on to say, uh, to tell Jake to let us know what they thought, what Jake thought of the chicken. Um, Let me see here. Uh, Jake says, hot chicken is very hot. Every hiccup is something spicy in your mouth. It's not fun, but it was all very good. Mac and cheese, good. Beans, good. Don't know if I can handle the more intense heat. Mm. Mm-hmm. wonder if they have a, a maybe a maybe a more mellow chicken. Perhaps so. Mm. Perhaps so. Maybe like a mild chicken takeover. Mm. <laughs> mild chicken takeover. <laughs> On the WWE Network. Exactly. Yeah. It's... All right. Well, thank you, Jake, for your question. I do appreciate it. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Hashtag drunk on tacos at drunk on tacos on Twitter. Nice. Uh, drunk on tacos says, you want a hot take? How about this? Everyone says that Charlotte only gets her push because of her father. But if Sasha didn't have a famous cousin, uh, do you honestly believe she would have signed? Uh, she would have been signed to begin with? Who's Sasha's famous cousin? Snoop Dogg. Ah, Snoop Dogg is her cousin. Cool. 
So what's cool about that is I didn't even know that until right now, whereas opposed to Charlotte, where she has to tell you every five seconds that she's the daughter of Ric Flair. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's mm. certainly a very large difference there. Uh, perhaps so. Um, and while I do, um, while I can appreciate the argument for sure, uh, here, uh, Drunk on Tacos, which that's a fantastic name, by the way. It is, really. Um, I, I, I think that for wrestling fans and people inside the business, and because Vince McMahon is just a uh, wrestling-centric, wrestling-minded person, he doesn't explore things outside of the realm of wrestling. He's just told what's what's fashionable, right. really. Right. Um, I, I, Vince would obviously... I would say probably catered towards someone more like Charlotte because of Ric Flair, as opposed to Snoop Dogg, who uh, he would probably have to be told who Snoop Dogg is, and then be like, "Oh, this is Sasha. You know, this is Snoop Dogg's cousin." Ah, D O D G. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably exactly how that would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely can. Uh, appreciate the sentiment and appreciate the point. I, I just think mm. that um, I, it's two different situations, really. Perhaps so. Mm. Perhaps so. But thank you, Drunk on Tacos, for your hot take. Yes. And thank you for allowing us to say Drunk on Tacos on the podcast because that's just a great phrase. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Shane at STR909 on Twitter. Mm. How's it going, Shane? Hello. Uh, WWF was way more successful after Brett and Sean left. Um, in terms of like popularity or in terms of like money, I would say probably both. I, I would say at least after Brett left, which is sad because Brett deserves and and certainly is one of the best of all time. Mm. Um, more popular after Sean left. Sean, if it weren't for Sean putting over Stone Cold, and know that he kind of had to. Um, you know, then the attitude error wouldn't really be its thing. Now, I do get that that's maybe, you know, yeah, after Sean left, more popular. Yeah, this might be right. There's uh, an argument. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely an argument here, Shane. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your hot take. Yes, thank this you. It's good, thought-provoking stuff. Uh, the Fig Freak at the Fig Freak on Twitter uh, also noted uh, about the chicken basket. He says that looks good. Yes, Fig Freak. That yes. chicken basket does look good. It does look good. <laughs> Thank you for your take. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie Shadows, at Marie underscore Shadows on Twitter. Hello, Marie. Hello. Uh, Darby Allen needs a new finisher ever since Cody destroyed it. The coffin drop is no longer special to him mm-hmm. or to his character. It is a regular move now. Uh, DarbyFan68 at WillFan123. Uh, does go on to to make note here. I really like the leg lock pin he uses sometimes. The Last Supper, um, Darby Allen, new finisher needed. I don't think so. Yeah, you like the coffin drop. I like the coffin drop, and, and he's he's been gone for a little bit now. Uh, you know, coming back with that coffin drop. I mean, there, if if there was a crowd, the that coffin drop would still get a pop. So I. I don't necessarily think it's uh it's too late on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I, I would agree. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's still associated with Darby Allen. Like, yes, Cody's used it, but it like when you think of the coffin drop, especially in the context of AEW, you think of Darby Allen, mm-hmm. e- even still. So now I will say this uh, uh, to Marie's point: I do think that Darby Allen do need uh, does need another special or finisher, if you will, mm-hmm. in addition to the coffin drop, right. one that he can use not just besides the Last Supper pinning combination or the coffin drop, which is an aerial move. If he had a more grounded-based finish or possibly submission, I think that that would be very good as well. I yeah. think that would definitely add an extra layer to his um, uh, to his skill set. Man, a Darby Allen submission finisher would be really cool. Just with, like, you know, playing up that, like, grim reaper aspect of it because he's he's a little guy he's he's a smaller scrawny guy but but doing some kind of like crazy like contortion finisher on like brian cage or something like Mm. that that would do wonders for that like grim reaper Mm. like persona Mm. you know so so i think i think we're in agreement here steven Mm -hmm. i think i think that marie does touch on a very good point Mm -hmm. maybe darby allen needs uh an additional finishing move i think that could definitely do wonders for him for sure um, let's see here. And then, uh, Sanishi, the dark dragon at, uh, sounds like an anime. That's awesome. Yes. At Edogawa, I believe I'm saying that right. Edogawa 316. Okay. The IWC needs to stop worrying about the ratings and demographics. They only matter to sponsors and promoters and we should just watch the show we like. Fight me. Mm. Um, well, yeah. Um, so I think there's a there's now this result um, from maybe more people paying attention to ratings thanks to the Wednesday Night War and thanks to Jericho saying that he's the demo god and all this. Now, now we have a lot more people who, um, unfortunately, they don't know what they're talking about and trying to bring up ratings and starting arguments. Right? They're doing a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. Right. Right. Um, which is nonsense. <laughs> That's right. a great phrase. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's complete nonsense. Uh, I, I think that people should probably research the subject more before mm-hmm. going on and talking about things that they know nothing about. Yeah, um, well, the the whole ratings war thing, I mean, it's, it's really just, I, I don't know, like AEW has said, whether you want to believe this or not, but AEW has said that like, oh, we're not WWE's like competition. We're like our own thing, you know. We're not. Yeah. We're not trying to necessarily topple them or or yeah or whatever. Um, they do talk po- out both sides of their mouth. Though. They, they do one hundred percent. I will say that. Um, I, I don't know. I I feel like be because of the the you know, Wednesday night war with, with NXT and AEW, uh, a lot of people are bringing up ratings as like the end all be all of like, Oh, this show on this specific time on this specific day got more viewers. So America likes it more. And it's like, no, that's not at all the case. That's, that's one that's, tiny that's, sliver of information that you're trying yeah. to now associate it's, with the bigger picture. Yeah, and, it's, it's an aspect of the bigger picture. Exactly. Right. And it, but you can't just be like, okay, that is truth. That is fact. Right. You know, um, I, I, I the, do agree with yeah, you. The, it's a lot of people just kind yeah, of talking the, out of their ass. The, the young bucks watching, uh, the young bucks fighting the butcher and the blade in in a restaurant is, got a million viewers, so that mm-hmm. has to be the best thing ever, right? right. Um, uh, no, it just means that there was a lot of people who tuned into that because that was yeah. that was unique. They mm-hmm. were fighting in a kitchen, um, which was which is cool. Yeah. Um, I will say this: um, ratings 
are a very important insight into how people tune in and consume content, uh, which is vital if you are in the TV business, right? Right. Um, which both AEW and WWE are in. Um, what I would advise is again that that people. Uh, definitely do need to do their research and put things into a little bit of perspective, especially during the the Wednesday Night War, um, and to understand still, uh, while AEW is making massive leaps and bounds, right, um, they are still very much growing. Yes. Uh, whereas WWE, while it is very much stagnating, is still a very large company, mm-hmm. uh, and by all means, still very commercially successful i I, I will put that emphasis there commercially successful well i I Um, think well sorry i didn't mean to cut you off it's okay go ahead i was just gonna say i I think uh a lot of the people like um i'm very involved on the on wrestling reddit uh i i'm on a lot of different subreddits uh for wrestling And, and i've found that like a lot of people will use the ratings as a way to like just further their beliefs you know like if aew yeah. wins wins on you know quote unquote wins on wednesday night then you're gonna see uh you're gonna see that in r slash aew and everyone's gonna be like oh my god look how awesome aew is we won we're so great but then if NXT happens to win one week, then on the r slash NXT, you'll see a bunch of people, oh my god, look how great we are, we won, we're awesome. And it's just like, it's yes, it is a competition to a certain degree, but it's also not a competition where it's just like, enjoy what you want to enjoy, mm-hmm. watch what you enjoy watching. And, and you know, if, if one company, quote unquote, wins this week, it doesn't mean that the other company is bad or, or is worse in any way, it's just this company did slightly better this week and that's mm. fine. They're both great, mm. you know, and they, they both can be great separately. It, anyways, I, I think Sanichi r- brings up some very valid points here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I will again, emphasize the importance uh, of what ratings mean uh, in the larger perspective. I think yes. it is very telling and WWE and AEW both clearly make decisions based on that. Uh, but I do encourage people to stop talking out of their ass um, on Twitter. Facts. Okay. Yeah. Um, so moving right along. Thank you uh, for your hot take. Yes, thank you. Um, we'll finish up uh, with our good buddy Mike Charlop at MikeJC821 on Twitter. Uh, how's it going, Mike? Hey, man. Uh, what WWE are doing with Alistair is a crime to me, and the fact that three people who lost at Mania got title shots before him is such BS. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. Alistair Black. Um, I don't see him, um, I can't see him sticking around in WWE, uh, very much longer after his contract expires, especially if it's going at this rate. Mm -hmm. I think that he's much better suited for, for places like New Japan and AEW. Um, New Japan especially, I think that if he did an exclusive deal in New Japan, uh, I think it would be great. He could be great in New Japan for sure. Uh, it's just a. I think the the one thing is that uh, his wife Zelina Vega is getting a lot of good TV her uh, TV time herself right now, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it would um, you would kind of have to find a workaround with that. Right. Uh, they would both have to pack up and move to Japan. I don't think there's there's anything necessarily wrong with that per se. But yeah, I think uh, Tommy End uh, in uh, New Japan. I mean, you could put him against uh, guys like Moxley or Okada or Ibushi or mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki. Um, I think that he would be a, a very, very good fit in New Japan. Yeah, I, I mean, the possibilities are endless, really. 
Um, but but yeah, um, it is a crime. It is a crime what is being done to this man for sure. Yeah, he's just he's just super talented, and I'm I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. I, I really am very very sad. Um, you know, so here's to the best. I hope Alistair Black uh, gets a chance here for sure. Um, let me see here. Mike also goes on to say, when are people in WWE who deserve title shots going to get them? Drew shouldn't have changed his mind on that Dolph segment. He should have kept walking because Dolph failed when he didn't earn a shot before. That would have been an intriguing, uh, intriguing aspect of the, uh, of that match there or Mm -hmm. or, or of that story. Uh, maybe make Dolph deserve another title shot, perhaps. What an, what an, uh, Original idea. Yeah, what a crazy concept that would be. Right. Very, <laughs> very extreme. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's a very loaded question. You know, when, when are the people who deserve it going to get the get the shot? Um, I don't know. That, that's a very, very hard question to answer. I mean, WWE, they they kind of do their own thing. And, and the, the people that WWE thinks deserves a shot is completely different than the the ones that uh, the internet or, or the wrestling community believes deserves the shot. So, um, I don't know. Is WWE just going to immediately start listening to the internet? Nah, I mean, probably not. Mm-hmm. So Perhaps. Um, well, let's see here. Mike does go on to have one final hot take. Uh, why is the AEW having a women's tag tournament for no reason when they don't really have a, a great singles division right now? If they're going to do it, my idea is having the winning team face each other for a number one contender uh, for the singles title at All Out. Um, yeah, I mean, I would go with probably a similar concept like that, where the maybe either the, the winners face each other or the winners have a triple threat match with uh, Hikaru mm. Shida yeah. at All Out. I think that would be an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I will say, uh, Mike, that uh, for me, it does give a nice spotlight to the women's division that really and truly does need it right now. Um, and, and let's try and, and bring out uh, a lot more than what um, than what it's currently getting. Right, mm-hmm. five, five or ten minutes at a time on on Dynamite is is not enough time. I think. No, no, for sure. But I, I mean, I definitely do see your sentiment, though. You know, it. it on one hand, it can kind of seem like they're they're moving on to to the tag division when the singles division still needs a lot of work. Right. Um, so I definitely understand that sentiment, but at the same time, I, I mean this this could be their way uh, of bolstering that that uh, you know the singles division. Right. And, and your idea of you know the the two winners being in the triple threat with with uh, Sheeta or uh, Mike's idea of doing the the a one on one. Yeah. The yeah. the number one contender match. I mean that's a great way to to kind of funnel this into the singles division but mm. you you have to do something like that you you can't yeah. just like let it sit well and the other thing too is that new japan does a lot of its story development through tag matches mm-hmm. whether that be for singles matches or for further tag matches in the future so i i don't doubt that this is maybe an idea that they've had and that they could definitely work with here because you could get a lot out of both you could have a women's tag uh, team scene, uh, or you, you can obviously spin other stories off there and make it um, make singles stories. Whether it be about uh, women on opposite sides of the ring uh, continuing a rivalry in a singles fashion ahead of that, or whether it's about uh, teammates who fall apart throughout the tournament, them turning on each other and mm-hmm. having a singles uh, run there. I think that that could definitely, um, I think that could definitely make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that being said. 
that is our hot takes. Uh, hot takes uh, for the week. And um, last but not least, let's uh, get our uh, snorkels and our scuba gear on, and let's take a deep dive down into, of course, if wishes were fishes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. If Wishes Were Fishes, where we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades that said wish in terms of actual fish. Yes, indeed. Indeed, mm-hmm. Stephen. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen, I've got a wish this week. Do you have a wish? I do. Mm. I do. Good. Good stuff. My wish this week, if mm-hmm. Wishes Were Fishes, Okada talked about having the uh, championship uh, mean less the IWGP IWGP championship mean less because now it's it's hung up with a dual title holder right uh, I I would like to see if which were fishes Okada make a new title maybe feel more important by starting a rivalry with Shingo Takagi let's put over the never open weight championship by having these two enormously competitive enormously talented men square off in a match uh, and a rivalry hopefully uh, that would be mind-blowingly great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if wishes were fishes that that really is a great wish honestly uh, for for me like having Okada not be in the title picture is a little foreign to me <laughs> just because of like almost my entire new Japan uh, viewing life has been Okada as IWGP champion. So seeing him outside of that element it is a little, a little off putting a little weird for me. Uh, mm. But I definitely like the idea of him going up with Shingo Takagi and, and I mean, they can have a, an absolute barn burner of a match for that title. And, and like you said, put a little bit more validity on a new title while, you know, Naito and evil are kind of, yeah, holding it down on on the the champ champ aspect of things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely a really good wish. Well, and this doesn't have to mean that Okada beats Shingo. By all means, right. I think it would be even more surprising if Okada got a wake up call and maybe maybe even got his put back in his place a little bit here mm-hmm. by Shingo if he, if he was to lose. Um. You know, and say, well, maybe you need to refocus, Okada. Maybe you're maybe you've lost a step somewhere, and that you need to maybe refocus your efforts and you know look to beating somebody like Evil, especially if you got put down by Shingo. Mm, um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that would be pretty interesting for sure. For sure. Well, in in light of uh, Okada possibly losing his fire and needing to get it back, I'm going to give you four fire eels. For that wish, Ooh, a fire eel, you mm-hmm, say? Mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna swerve me and hit me with the uh, the old fire goby. The fire goby, no, uh, fire eel this time. Ah, it's a very beautiful fish. Well, thank you. Uh, it's very electrifying, if you will. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, well, go on then, Stephen. You have a wish this week. I I'm do. Sure, I do. Um, so obviously, you know, after all the like WWE pay per views, they they always do like the the Chronicle or the the Twenty Four or whatever it is, like the the documentary type. Uh, stuff and uh, honestly I think that's a lot of what WWE is like nailing uh, right around now is like all of their documentaries are fantastic really really good Um, so if wishes were fishes I would love to see an AEW documentary documenting this whole COVID thing 
and, and kind of what went into it. You, you know, the shock of, of everything, all of the planning that, that went into, you know, getting the testing and, and rebooking everything whenever there's people that aren't able to come and just everything like that, like the, the absolute craziness of it. No, but I really like that wish. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very intriguing. Um, an AEW documentary would be pretty good. Um, I mean, we, we get like pieces of that on like being the elite, but, but being the elite like is mostly like in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, we get pieces of it but but i'm talking like a full-fledged like hour long hour and a half long documentary yes i mean i could definitely understand that uh maybe maybe like a special um i don't know how else you would release such a thing you could do it on fight tv or you could put maybe maybe if tnt has a spare hour somewhere because basketball's coming back baseball's Mm -hmm. coming back you know so that's that's a little bit more difficult um you can put it out for purchase on youtube if you wanted to yeah, you could make a YouTube documentary. I'm mm-hmm. sure that would work just fine. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna give that. Um, let me see here. Hmm. What kind of what kind of fish would would I give that here? I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna give it six red lobsters be- mm. because uh, I think I would order some red lobster to be delivered as I watch this documentary. Beautiful. Hmm. Beautiful. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's it for Headlock Talk this week, folks. Uh, thank you again for tuning into yet another episode. We do greatly appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Also, don't forget, uh, use promo code HLT10 at checkout at naturallyhemps.com uh, for all of your CBD needs, whether it's gummies, whether it's CBD uh, gel cap- uh, capsules, rather, uh, tinctures, uh, lotions, balms, any anything like that um we'll be doing another giveaway here soon for more cbd products but again uh, for all of your cbd needs use promo code hlt10 at checkout at naturallyhemps.com this promo code never expires uh, you all, you can also use promo code hlt10 at um uh naturally pure sanitizer.com for all of your hand sanitizer needs um, as well as for your vaping needs, use promo code HLT10 at American Vapor Company if you are a vapor and in need of e-liquid. Yes, indeed. Again, promo code HLT10 never expires at any of these great websites. Um, in addition to that, Stephen, you can find us on Twitter at Headlock Talk, uh, where we will have a uh, a show on Wednesday for the Tanner and Stephen Variety Hour, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be good. Uh, lots to converse about. Um, and uh, also the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, where this week we will have a special guest on Friday, a very special guest, a real blast from the past. So mm. I'll, I'll leave it a secret for now. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate you for tuning in. Um, if you are a business and in need of sponsorship, you can email us at uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com against headlocktalk at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and right across from me, as always, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Thank you for listening, y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in again, and have yourselves a great rest of the day. Later. Bye-bye.
whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. 